0: I'm Kelsey. I'm Cassie. And I'm Nolan from SCP Weekly. We bring you news from on-site and off-site. And we share your love for the creative community that surrounds the SCP Wiki. Join us on Tuesdays for new episodes, wherever you listen to podcasts, or on YouTube at SCP Weekly. They all looked unhappy mashed dehydrated potatoes canned meat and canned vegetables Carr replied not very appetizing i know but i'm afraid it's all we can allow you to eat i took the cover off the dessert dish dried fruits i said in disgust rather excessively dried i'm sorry to say the manager agreed mournfully i sipped the blue stuff in the glass and almost spat it out powdered milk are these things what you people have to live on no our diets quite varied, Carr said in embarrassment but we unfortunately can't give you any of the foods we normally eat ourselves and why in blazes not please eat mr weldon Carr begged with frantic earnestness there's so much to explain this part of it of course and it would be best if you heard it on a full stomach i was famished enough to get the stuff down which wasn't easy uninviting as it looked it tasted still worse What I was through, Carr pushed several buttons on the glowing menu. Dishes came up from an opening in the center of the table, and he showed me the luscious foods they contained. Given your choice, he said, you'd have preferred them to what you've eaten. Isn't that so, Mr. Weldon? You bet I would, I answered sore because I hadn't been given that choice. And you would have died like the pathetic old people you were investigating, said a voice behind me. I turned around, startled. Several men and women had come in while I'd been eating, their footsteps as silent as cats on a rug. I looked blankly from them to Carr and back again. These are the clothes we ordinarily wear, Carr said. An 18th century motif, as you can see. Updated knee breeches and shirt waist, a modified stock for the men. The daring low bodices of that era. The full skirts treated in a modern way by using sheer materials for the women. Bright colors and sheens, buckles and shoes of spun synthetics. Very gay, very ornamental, very comfortable and thoroughly suitable to our time. But everybody I saw was dressed like me, I protested only to keep you from feeling more conspicuous and anxious than you already were. It was quite a project, I can tell you. Your styles varied so greatly from decade to decade, especially those for women, and the materials were a genuine problem. They'd gone out of existence long ago. We had the textile and tailoring cities working a full six months to clothe the inhabitants of this city, including, of course, the children. Everybody had to be clad as your contemporaries were, because we knew only that you would arrive in this vicinity, not where you might wander through the city. There was one small difference she didn't notice, added a handsome, mature woman. You were the only man in a gray suit. We had a full description of what you were wearing, you see. Naturally, everyone knew who you were, and so we were kept informed of your movements. What for, I demanded in alarm. What's this all about? Pulling up chairs, they sat down, looking to me like a witchcraft jury from some old painting. I'm Leo Blundell, said a tall man in plum and gold clothes. As chairman of, of the Mark Weldon Committee, it's my responsibility to handle this project correctly project to make certain that history is fulfilled i have to tell you as much as you must know i wish somebody would very well let me begin by telling you much of what you undoubtedly know already in a sense you're more of a victim of dr anthony roberts than his daughter roberts was a brilliant physicist but because of his eccentric behavior he was ridiculed for his theories and hated for his arrogance he was an almost perfect example of self-defeat the way in which a man will hamper his career and wreck his happiness and then blame the world for his failure and misery to get back to his connection with you however he invented a time machine unfortunately a secret since been lost and never rediscovered and used it for antisocial purposes when he died his daughter may carried on his work it was she who sent you to this time to learn the principles by which the pack operates. She was a thoroughly ruthless woman. Are you sure? I asked uneasily. Quite sure. I know a number of old people died after she sent them on errands through time, but she said they lied about their age and health. One would expect her to say that, a woman put in cuttingly. Blundell turned to her and shook his head. Let Mr. Weldon clarify his feelings about her, Rhoda. They're obviously very mixed. They are, I admitted. She seemed hard the first time I saw her when I answered her ad, but she could have been just acting businesslike. I mean, she had a lot of people to pick from, and she had to be impersonal and make certain she had the right one. The next time, I hope you don't know about that, it was really my fault for breaking into her room. I really had a lot of admiration for the way she handled the situation. Go on, Carr encouraged me, and I can't complain about the deal she gave me. Sure, she came out ahead on the money I bet and invested for her, but I did all right myself. I was richer than I'd ever been in my life, and she gave that money to me before I even did anything to earn it. Besides which, somebody else said, she offered you half the profits on the Pack. I looked around at the faces for signs of hostility. I saw none. That was surprising. i come from the past to steal something from them, and they weren't at all angry. Well, no, I wasn't really stealing. I wouldn't be depriving them of the Pack. It just would have been invented before it was supposed to be. "'She did,' I said, though I wouldn't call that part of it philanthropy. "'She needed me for the data, and I needed her to manufacture the things. "'And she was a very beautiful woman,' Blundell added. "'I squirmed a bit. Yes. "'Mr. Weldon, we know a good deal about her "'from the notes that have come down to us among her private papers. "'She had a safety deposit box under a false name. "'I won't tell you the name. "'It was not discovered until many years later, "'and we will not voluntarily meddle with the past.' I sat up and listened sharply. So that's how you knew who I was and what I'd be wearing and what I came for. You even knew when and where I'd arrive. Correct, Blundell said. What else do you know? That you suspected her of being responsible for the deaths of many old people by starvation. Your suspicion was justified, except that her father had caused all those that occurred before 1947, when she took over after his own death. All but two people were sent into the past. Roberts was curious about the future, of course, but he did not want to waste a victim on a trip that would probably be fruitless. In the past, you understand, he knew precisely what he was after. The future was completely unknown territory. But he took the chance, I said. If you can call deliberate murder taking a chance, yes. One man arrived in 2094 over 50 years ago. The other was yourself. The first one, as you know, died of malnutrition when he was brought back to your era what happened to me?' I asked, jittering. "'You will not die. We intend to make sure of that. "'All the other victims? I presume you're interested in their errands.' "'I think I know, but I'd like to find out just the same.' "'They were sent to the past to buy or steal treasures of various sorts. "'Art, sculpture, jewelry, fabulously valuable manuscripts and books, "'anything that had great scarcity value. "'That's not possible,' I objected. "'She had all the money she wanted.' Anytime she needed more, all she had to do was send somebody back to put down bets and buy stocks that she knew were winners. She had the records, didn't she? There was no way she or her father could lose. He moved his shoulders in a plum and gold shrug. Most of the treasures they accumulated were for acquisition's sake, and for the sake of vengeance for the way they believed Dr. Roberts had been treated. When there were unusual expenses, such as replacing the very costly parts of the time machine that required more than they could produce in ready cash, both Roberts and his daughter discovered these treasures. He waited while I digested the miserable meal and the disturbing information he had given me. I thought I'd found a loophole in his explanation. You said people were sent back to the past to buy treasures besides stealing them? I did, he agreed. They were provided with currency of whatever era they were to visit. I felt my forehead wrinkle up as my theory fell apart. Then they could buy food. Why should they have died of malnutrition? Because, as May Roberts herself told you, nothing can exist before it exists. Neither can anything exist after it's out of existence. If you returned with a dyne-pack, for example, it would revert to a lump of various metals. Because that's what it was in your period. But let me give you a more personal instance. Do you remember coming back from your first trip with dust on your hand? Yes, I must have fallen. On one hand, no, Mr. Weldon. May Roberts was greatly upset by the incident. She was afraid you would realize why the hamburger had turned to dust and why the old people died of starvation. All of them, not just a few. He paused, giving me a chance to understand what he had just said. I did, with a sick shock. If I ate your food, I said shakily, I feel satisfied until I was returned to my own time, but the food wouldn't go along with me. Blundell nodded gravely. And so you too would die of malnutrition. The foods we've given you existed in your era. We were very careful of that. So careful that some of them were probably stored years before you left your time. We regret that they're not very palatable, but at least we're positive they'll go back with you. You'll be as healthy when you arrive in the past as when you left. "'Incidentally, she made you change your clothes for the very same reason. "'They'd been made in 1930. "'She had clothing from every era she wanted visited "'and chose the old people who would fit them best. "'Otherwise, you see, they'd have arrived naked. "'I began to shake as if I were as old as I pretended to be on the stage. "'She's going to pull me back if I don't bring her the information about the pack. "'She'll shoot me.' "'That, Mr. Weldon, is our problem,' Blundell said, "'putting his hand comfortingly on my arm to calm me. "'Your problem? I'm the one who'll get shot, not you.' But we know in complete detail what will happen when you are returned to the 20th century. I pulled my arm away and grabbed his. You know that? Tell me. I'm sorry, Mr. Weldon. If we tell you what you did, you might think of some alternate action, and there's no knowing what the result would be. But I didn't get shot or die of malnutrition. That much we can tell you, neither. They all stood up, so bright and attractive in their colorful clothes that I felt like a shirt sleeve stagehand who'd wandered on a costume play. You'll be returned in a month, according to the notes May Roberts left. She gave you plenty of time to get the data, you see. We propose to make that month an enjoyable one for you. The resources of our city and any others you care to visit are at your disposal. We wish you to take full advantage of them. And the Dynapack? Let us worry about that. We want you to have a good time while you're our guest. I did. It was the most wonderful month of my life. The mesh cage blurred around me. I could see Mae Roberts through it, her hand just leaving the switch. She was as beautiful as ever, but I saw beneath her beauty the vengeful, vicious creature her father's bitterness had turned her into. Blundell and Carr had let me read some of her notes, and I knew. I wished I could have spent the rest of my years in the future instead of having to come back to this. She came over and opened the gate, smiling like an angel welcoming a bright new soul. Then her eyes traveled startledly over me and her smile almost dropped off, but she held it firmly in place. She had to, while she asked. Do you have the notes I sent you for? Right here, I said. I reached into my breast pocket and brought out a stubby automatic and shot her through the right arm. Her closed hand opened and a little derringer clanked on the floor. She gaped at me with an expression of horrified surprise that should have been recorded permanently. It would have served as a model for generations of actors and actresses. You brought back a weapon she gasped you shot me she stared vacantly at her bleeding arm and then my automatic but you can't bring anything back from the future and you aren't dying of malnutrition she said it all in a voice shocked into toneless wonder the food i ate and this gun are from the present i said the people of the future knew i was coming they gave me food that wouldn't vanish from my cells when i returned they also gave me the gun instead of the plans for the pack. "'And you took it?' she screamed at me. "'You idiot! I'd have shared the profits honestly with you. "'You'd have been worth millions. "'With acute malnutrition,' I amended. "'I like it better this way, thanks. "'Poor but alive. Or relatively poor, I should say. "'Because you've been very generous, and I appreciate it. "'By shooting me? "'I hated to puncture that lovely arm, "'but it wasn't as painful as starving or getting shot myself. "'Now if you don't mind, or even if you do, "'it's your turn to get into the cage, Miss Roberts.' She tried to grab for the Derringer on the floor with her left hand. Don't bother, I said quietly. You can't reach it before a bullet reaches you. She straightened up, staring at me for the first time with terror in her eyes. What are you going to do to me, she whispered. I could kill you as easily as you could have killed me. Kill you and send your body into some other era. How many dozens of deaths were you responsible for? The law couldn't convict you of them, but I can, and I couldn't be convicted either. She put her hand on the wound blood seeped through her fingers as she lifted her chin at me I won't beg for my life Weldon if that's what you want I could offer you a partnership but I'm not really in a position to offer it am I she was magnificent terrifyingly intelligent brave clear through and deadlier than a plague I had to remember that into the cage I said I have some friends in the future who have plans for you I won't tell you what they are of course you didn't tell me what I go through did you give my friends the fondest regards if I can manage it I'll visit them and you she backed warily into the cage it would have been pleasant to kiss those wonderful lips goodbye i thought about them for a whole month wanting them and loathing them at the same time it would have been like kissing a coral snake i knew it and concentrated on shutting the gate on her you'd like to be rich wouldn't you weldon she asked through the mesh i can be i said i have the machine i could send people into the past or future and make myself a pile of dough only I'd give him food to take along. I wouldn't kill him off to keep the secret to myself. Anything else on your mind? You want me, she stated. I didn't argue. You could have me. Just long enough to get my throat slit or brains blown out. I don't want anything that much. I ran the switch closed. The mesh cage blurred and she was gone. Her blood was on the floor, but she was gone into the future I had just come from. That was when the reaction hit me. I'd escaped starvation and her gun, but I wasn't a hero, and the release of tension flipped my stomach over and unhinged my knees. Shaking badly, I stumbled through the big, empty house until I found a phone. Lou Pape got there so quickly that I still hadn't gotten over the tremors. In spite of a bottle of brandy, I dug out of a credenza because the date on the label, 1763, gave me a new case of the shivers. I could see the worry on Lou's face vanish when he assured himself that I was all right. It came back again, though, when I told him what had happened. He didn't believe any of it, naturally. I guess I hadn't really expected him to. "'If I didn't know you, Mark,' he said, shaking his big dark head unhappily, "'I'd send you over to Bellevue for observation, even knowing you, maybe that's what I ought to do.' "'All right, let's see if there's any proof,' I suggested tiredly. "'From what I was told, there ought to be plenty.' We searched the house clear down to the basement where he stood with his face slack christy breathed. the annex to the metropolitan museum the basement ran the length and breadth of the house and was twice as high as an average room and the whole glittering place was crammed with paintings and rich heavy frames statuettes books manuscripts goblets ewers, and jewelry made of gold and huge gems and tapestries in brilliant color and everything was bright and sparkling and new as the day it was made which was almost true of a lot of it The dame was loaded and she was an art collector, that's all, Lou said, and you can't sell me that screwy story of yours. She was a collector and she knew where to find things. She certainly did, I agreed. What did you do with her? Told you. I shot her through the arm before she could shoot me and I sent her into the future. He took me by the front of the jacket. You killed her, Mark. You wanted all this stuff for yourself so you knocked her off and got rid of her body somehow. Why don't you go back to acting where you belong, Lou, and teach sleuthing to people who know how, I asked, too worn to pull his hands loose. Would I kill her and call you up to get right over here? Wouldn't I have sneaked these things out first? Or more likely, I'd have sneaked them out, hidden them, and nobody, including you, would know I'd ever been here. Come on, use your head. That's easy. You lost your nerve. I'm not even losing my patience. He pushed me away savagely. If you killed her for this stuff or because of that crazy yarn you gave me, I'm a cop and you're no friend. You're just a plain killer I happen to have known once, and I'll make sure you fry. You always did have a taste for that kind of dialogue. Go ahead and wrap me up in an airtight case, have him throw the book at me, send me up the river, put me in the hot squat, but you'll have to do the proving, not me. He headed for the stairs. I will, and don't try to make a break or I'll plug you as if I never saw you before. He put in a call at the phone upstairs. I didn't give a particular damn who it was he'd called. I was too relieved that I hadn't killed Mae Roberts. Destroying anything that beautiful, however evil, would have stayed with me for the rest of my life. There was another reason for my relief. If I'd have killed her and left the evidence for Lou to find, he'd never help me. No, that's not quite so. He'd probably have tried to get me to plead insanity on the basis of my unbelievable explanation. But most of all, I couldn't get rid of that look on her face when I'd shot her through the arm the arm that was so wonderful to look at and that had held a murderous little gun to greet me with. She was in the future now. She wouldn't be executed by them. They regarded her crime as an illness, and they'd treat her with their marvelously advanced therapy, and she'd become a useful, contented citizen, living out her existence in an era that had given me more happiness than I ever had. I sat and tried to stupefy myself with brandy that should long ago have dried to brick hardness, while Lou Pape stood at the door with his hand near his holster and glared at me. He didn't take his eyes off me until somebody named Professor Jeremiah Aronson came in and was introduced briefly and flatly to me, then Lou took him upstairs. It was minutes before I realized what they were going to do. I ran after them. I was just in time to see Aronson carefully take the housing off the hooded motors and leap back suddenly from the fury of lightning sparks the whole machine fused while we watched helplessly motors switches panel and mesh cage they flashed blindingly and blew apart and melted together in a charred molten pile rigged aronson said in the tone of a bitter curse set to short if it was tampered with i wouldn't be surprised if there were incendiaries placed at strategic spots nothing else could have made a mess like this he finally glanced down at his hand and saw it was scorched He hissed with the realization of pain, blew on the burn, shook it in the air to cool it, and pulled a handkerchief out of his back pocket by reaching all the way around the rear for it with his left hand. Lou looked helplessly at the heap of cooling slag. Can you make any sense of it, professor, he asked. Can you, Aronson retorted, melt down a microtone or any other piece of machinery you're unfamiliar with and see if you can identify it when it looks like this. He went out, wrapping his hand in the handkerchief. Lou kicked glumly at a piece of twisted tubing. Aronson's a top physicist, Mark. I was hoping he'd make enough out of the machine to... Ah, hell, I wanted to believe you. I couldn't. I still can't. Now I'll have to dig through the house to find her body. You won't find it or the secret of the machine, I answered miserably. I told you they said the secret would be lost. This is how. Now I'll never be able to visit the future again. I'll never see them or Mae Roberts. They'll straighten her out, get rid of her hate and vindictiveness, and it won't do me a damn bit of good because the machine's gone and she's generations ahead of me. He turned to me puzzledly. You're not afraid to have us dig for a body, Mark? Tear the place apart if you want to. We'll have to, he said. I'm calling homicide. Calling the Marines. Calling anybody you like. You'll have to stay in my custody until we're through. I shrugged. As long as you leave me alone while you're doing your digging. I don't give a hang if I'm under arrest for suspicion of murder. I gotta do some straightening out. I wish the people in the future could take on the job. They could do it faster and better than I can, but some nice, peaceful quiet would help. He didn't touch me or say a word to me as we waited for the squad to arrive. I sat in the chair and shut out first him and then the men with their sounding hammers and crowbars and all the rest. She'd been ruthless and callous and she'd murdered old people with no more pity than a wolf among a herd of helpless sheep. But Blundell and Carr had told me that she was as much a victim as the oldsters who died of starvation with the riches she'd given them, still untouched. On deposits in the banks or stuffed into hiding places or pinned into their shabby clothes she needed treatment for the illness her father had inflicted on her but even he they'd said had been suffering from a severe emotional disturbance and proper care could have made a great and honored scientist out of him they told me the truth and made me hate her and then they told me their viewpoint and made that hatred impossible i was here in the present without her the machine was gone yearning over something i couldn't change would destroy me I had no right to destroy myself. Nobody did, they told me. And nobody that reconciles himself to the fact that some situations just are impossible to work out ever could. I'd realized that when the squad packed up and left and Lou Pape came over to where I was sitting. You knew we wouldn't find her, he said. It's what I kept telling you. Where is she? And Port said, exotic hellhole of the world, where she's dancing in veils for the depraved. Cut out the kidding. Where is she? What's the difference, Lou? She's not here, is she? That doesn't mean she can't be somewhere else dead. She's not dead. You don't have to believe me about anything else, just that. He hauled me out of the chair and stared hard at my face. You aren't lying, he said. I know you well enough to know you're not. All right, then. But you're a damn fool to think a dish like that would have any part of you. I don't mean you're nothing a woman would go for, but she's more fang than female. You'd have to be richer and better looking than her for one thing. Not after my friends get through with her. She'll know a good man when she sees one, and I'd be what she wants. I slid my hand over my naked scalp. With a head of hair, I'd look my real age, which happens to be a year younger than you, if you remember. She'd go for me. They checked our emotional quotients, and we'd be a natural together. The only thing was that I was bald. They could have grown hair on my head, which would have taken care of that, and then we'd have gotten together like gin and tonic. Lou arched his black eyebrows at me. They really could grow hair on you? Sure. Now you want to know why I didn't let them. I glanced out the window at the Smoky City. That's why. They couldn't tell me if I'd ever get back to the future. I wasn't taking any chances. As long as there was a possibility that I'd be stranded in my own time, I wasn't going to lose my livelihood. Which reminds me, you have anything else to do here? There'll be a guard stationed around the house and all her holdings and art will be taken over until she comes back. She won't. Or is declared legally dead. And me? I broke in. We can't hold you without proof of murder. Good enough. And let's get out of here. "'I have to go back on duty,' he objected. "'Not anymore. I've got over $15,000 cash and deposits. "'Enough to finance you and me. "'Enough to kill her for "'Enough to finance you and me,' I repeated doggedly. "'I told you I had the money before she sent me into the future. "'All right, all right,' he interrupted. "'Let's not get into that again. "'We couldn't find a body, so you're free. "'Now what's this about financing the two of us?' "'I put my fingers around his arm and steered him out of the street. "'This city has never had a worse cop than you,' I said. "'Why?' because you're an actor not a cop you're going back to acting Lou this money will keep us both going until we get a break he gave me the slit eyed look he picked up in the line of duty that wouldn't be a bribe would it call it a kind of memorial to a lot of poor innocent old people and a sick tormented woman we walked along in silence out in the clean sunshine it was our silence the sleek cars and burly trucks made the noise and the pedestrians added their gabble. but a good Stanislavski actor like Lou wouldn't notice that neither would I ordinarily but I was giving him a chance to work his way through the situation. I won't hand you a lie, Mark, he said finally. I never stop wanting to act. I'll take your deal on two considerations. Alright, what are they? That whatever I take off you is strictly alone. No argument, what's the other? He had an unlit cigarette almost to his lips. He held it there while he said that any time you come across a case of an old person who died of starvation, With $30,000 stashed away somewhere, you turn fast to the theatrical page and not tell me or even think about it. I don't have to agree to that. He lowered the cigarette, stopped, and turned to me. You mean it's no deal? Not that, I said. I mean, there won't be any more of those cases. Between knowing that and both of us back acting again, I'm satisfied. You don't have to believe me. Nobody does. He lit up and blew out a pretty plume, fine and slow and straight, which would have televised like a million in the bank. Then he grinned. You wouldn't want to bet on that, would you? Not with a friend. i do all my sure thing betting with bookies. To make it a token bet, he said. One buck that somebody dies of starvation with a big poke within a year. I took the bet. I took the dollar a year later. Thank you for listening to this podcast. If you like what you hear, head over to my Patreon at patreon.com slash kelsey narrates and help support me by becoming a patron for as little as $3 a month. I'm not going to get rich doing this, but it does take money to keep a podcast running. All patrons get early access to every episode I publish. This ebook is for the use of anyone, anywhere at no cost, and with almost no restrictions whatsoever. You may copy it, give it away, or reuse it under the terms of the Project Gutenberg license, available at gutenberg.org. I'm Grigori Carpin from Simply Creative People, the podcast where we discuss GOIs, canons, and stories from the SCP Wiki, and we try to recommend things for all fans of the wiki, new and old. Look for us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Apple Podcasts.